Our guest tonight is a man of many talents. Many, many, many. He's an actor, musician, life coach, and writer. Right now, Anthony, he has a short film currently in the Los Angeles LGBTQ Plus Film Festival. You might know him as Billy from School of Rock, but I know him as one of my favorite people in the radio trenches when we were together at WPLJ. Please welcome Brian Falduto to the show. Hi, Brian. Hi, Cooper. It's been way too long. I know. So wait a second. Uh, when when you and I were at PLJ together, had they scared Scott away yet? Or was he still there? What when did you leave? I joined right when like right during the exit strategy, essentially, like it was when I came on board and it was not my fault. <laughs> no, just, um, <laughs> you scared yeah. him away. Scott leaves and Brian shows up. I didn't I didn't make that connection till just now. Mm-hmm. No, but Cooper, it's been so long since we've chatted that I actually was wondering if you remembered that I worked at PLJ because I was just interning when I first started there. And then, yeah, I, I slowly like worked my way up. But I'm so happy you Into remember promotion. me. So- are, you, are you kidding? You were my favorite favorite person there you, <laughs> you don't understand like okay so um when you got there it was there, there's a reason why that show didn't last very long i think mm. like i'm gonna say eight months but i might be giving it too much credit um so after scott shannon left it was just like it was a disaster mm-hmm. and i had like one friend sheila so when i met you i was like oh thank god like another yummy person so every time <laughs> we had any kind of like promotion thing or whatever you saw like i cling to you i was like oh thank god brian's here <laughs> Because it was so, there was so much tension all the time. It oh my was gosh, just yeah. the most stressful. It went from being this lovely place. We had so mm-hmm. much fun when it was just Scott and Todd and, and mm-hmm. Monk and I, and we were doing Dish Nation and we had so and much I, fun. I grew up listening to that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Them, not me, because I'm I'm a wee, I'm a wee thing. No, you are a wee thing, Scott and Todd, though. But yeah, I grew up. Li- yeah. And then yeah, no, and it's so funny you say that because I that was my first job out of college, so I kind of just assumed that workplaces were toxic. And then I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. not all work environments are like this. Okay, got it, got it, got yeah, it. I know, and yeah, you're right. You're a Jersey kid, so of course you listen to Scott and Todd. Of course, but yeah. see, I, and I feel so bad for that because right before you got there. It was the most amazing. Like every day I pinched myself. I was like, I can't believe I get to work here. And it was so much fun. And I was super tight with everybody there. Like I'm still friends with everybody there except for one person. I think you know who that is. Um, But, you know, and it's. Yeah, you do know. (laughs) If you think about it, you know the one person that I don't talk to anymore. I have some guesses, but yeah, 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 Yeah. you're correct about those guesses. Um, But I mean, even to this day, like Scott Shannon has been my champion, and um, I had a a job that he was very instrumental in my getting. Like he's always been my champion. So when he left, it was like it was it was a weird environment. So I feel badly that you came into that because. Like that was your first experience with radio and it, it's not like that. I mean, when I was at Z100, I'm still friends with everybody from Z100 and I mm. haven't been there since I left in 2003, I want right. to say. Yeah. You know, so. And I mean, we're still friends. You know, I did make a right. bunch of, I did make a bunch of long lasting connections and it did work out for me in a sense because at that moment in time, also PLJ had the birth of their sister station, Nash FM, which was sort of my, um, my, that was your beat. It was my beat, but it, it was also like, um, so a solidification that I, I knew I loved country music, but I didn't know how right. much I loved country music. And then working at that radio station for like three years, really solidified, how much I love country music and enough that I started to write it. So it right, kind of worked. And that's the music yeah. you're doing now is country music. People need to know that. Cause I yeah, think that's, yeah, yeah. 
I think it's so unexpected because Jersey kid, like <laughs> think about all the artists that came out of New Jersey and, you know, being up in the tri-state area when they brought in Nash, it was like all of these, it was like oh all God. my friends in high school who came out of the closet as gay. It was like all my friends who came out of the closet as into country. Yeah. Mm. No, it's so funny. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. And I guess what's funny now is I often start a lot of my shows with, Hey everybody, I'm a gay country singer from New Jersey. It's a thing. Cause no one, <laughs> no one's expecting that to be a thing. And then I'm like, it's <laughs> here I am. Right. No, I think that's really cool. So um, did you start doing How'd you start doing music? Because, okay, so you left um, school, you came to PLJ, mm-hmm. you were around the radio scene, you got to know the folks at Nash, and you, mm-hmm. were, and you realized that country was your love. Yeah. So how did you go from that to, I want to write this stuff? Yeah, so, um, well, I've always been, like, heavily integrated with music and performing and acting. I was a child actor, so, um, and then I went to school for musical theater, so music was always very much a part of my life, and I'm a singer. I've always been a singer. I didn't know that I wanted to write it. Um, I think one of the reasons I fell in love with country music while I was at Nash is because I was actually going through a super tough breakup during those years also, um, and so it was my first gay relationship, and um, I think that, I think a lot of uh Gay people can probably testify that that's really special to you and it means a lot. And um, losing that was really tough. And I actually found myself in a ton of country songs because there's so many country breakup songs. And I was like, oh, all these songs are really hit in the spot. But yet none of them were really speaking to me directly because there's no really there weren't any like homosexual storylines in country music yet. And so I was like, well, what if I just what if I put my story to to some of these uh, songs? And so um that was kind of the birth of that concept. And it ended up just being a super therapeutic practice for me. And then I started sharing my songs and people are like, wait, these are kind of good. And I was like, oh, cool. So I'll just keep doing this, I guess. <laughs> so, so when TJ Osborne came out this year, you must have been like, hallelujah, because that was a big deal. And his music, if you really listen to it, it's just love songs. It's not yeah. gay or straight. It's just it's just a love song that anybody can consume and relate to. Love is love. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I like to think I was partly responsible for that because I've been covering Brothers Osborne at my shows for like two years now. And so I didn't even know that he was going to come out. And I was like, you know, I've been playing his music at gay country shows. Maybe I just like I kept I kept sending the vibes that way. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, the, the one thing we, we have to go back to School of Rock. I mean, sure. I, it, that was such an iconic movie to be a part of that movie. I mean, there's only so many iconic movies out there and that is one of them and to be a part of that (laughs) at any age i mean how did you get that gig how did you end up there how did you get did you read the script i mean what was the process yeah 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 Yeah. and i'll agree with you it's a it's a constant re-realization kind of of the impact of the film like every year i kind of have to be like oh people are still still talking about the movie you know it was a it is you know it it has sort of lived on in this amazing way uh i was just a kid that really wanted attention (laughs) (laughs) and uh i i would i would i was sing the loudest in the children's choir i uh i at family functions i demanded the family leave the dinner table to come watch me perform in the living room um one time my parents and i were at um 
at a, like a hotel pool and I saw this man walk by with a camera and um, I just started following him and I was like, I want to be on the camera. And um, my mom came over to apologize for my behavior and he was like, nah, this kid's a star. And he mm. gave my mom the contact of this manager back in New York and we contacted her when we got back to New York and then she sent me on my first audition and my second audition ever was School of Rock. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it gave me a mass again, it gave me a massive misunderstanding of how the industry works. I was like, right. oh, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one memory that sticks out from that whole process? Oh wow. I mean I mean so, so many iconic scenes you were part of. I mean so, uh, to, I, yeah. to see Jack uh, Black be Jack Black back in that time. Yeah, I think what sticks out is like how close we got as kids, um, which has kind of been really resonant lately and not to bring up a sore subject, but we actually lost one of the kids mm. uh, last week. Um, and so that's been tough. Um, we all went through this really unparalleled, unique experience as fifth and sixth graders, essentially. You know, not everyone who's a fifth and sixth grader is in a major motion picture. So it was like this four month, we were we had these insanely long set days together. This just this bond that formed amongst us, um, sort of plucked out and told that we're special, you know, and that our talents matter. And you know, it was kind of like this cool experience to have alongside people your age. And I just uh, to this day, all all fourteen of us have an active group text. That's how. That's oh, how, I love that. Really? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's honestly annoying sometimes. <laughs> All, all group texts are annoying. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it is the School of Rock group text. It's like, get me off of this text. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, uh, Anthony and I were talking about that. Uh, Kevin Clark is your friend that you lost who was part yeah. of School of Rock. And the weird thing was, so my nephew's name is Kevin Clark. Oh. And he had just recently made news because he fell off a building, which is a whole other story. But yeah, he's, he's an idiot. He was climbing yeah. the building for some crazy don't like, feel bad for him don't feel bad for him because it was like some, just in shock it was some it was some crazy organization that he was working for and his sister talked him into it was some it was some dumbass thing that he did but he fell off a building and made national news and then like literally a couple of days later your friend passed away mm. and they have the same name kevin clark so everybody was like oh they thought my nephew fell off the building and died and got hit by a car oh yeah or, no okay. no well they yeah. didn't they didn't they didn't know how the death happened sure, they just sure. had seen kevin clark and death and they knew that kevin clark just like a week earlier had fallen off a building so people were just making the connection and reaching out to us oh no yeah and i was like and i saw so like we texted i was like are you dead no okay so <laughs> th then i googled it and then i realized and i thought oh my god poor brian because i'm yeah. sure that this is somebody you were close with yeah. And, you know, I think what the weirdest things is like, I think a lot of people view like maybe their middle school class or like their high school class or maybe their their Boy Scout group as like their origin origin story. But those 14 kids, they're they're my they're my origin fam, you know, they and so to lose one of us is is, you know, it really does hit a chord. It's it's. um Yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, sorry to bring up a sore subject, but you know, along with Anthony's question, what what is that like though? That every couple of years you have to address some school of rock thing, like it's going to be a Broadway musical, and mm -hmm. you know, Jack Black said something about it, or Tenacious D is reperforming, and they're going to do one of the songs. There's always something that comes up that is school of rock, and then suddenly you have to <laughs> deal with it all over again. Like, what is what is that about? 
Uh, I've learned to just embrace it and love it. I, def- I, I spent many a year, um, I think even while I was at PLJ a bit, um, being quite in denial and not really um, wanting to talk about it, trying to find my own, especially um, once I was out as like a gay man, because I spent so much time closeted after the film because people kept calling me gay after the film and I was too young to sort of process that messaging. Um And so, you know, I had a very toxic relationship with the movie for a while and its impact on me. Um, I don't have that anymore. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a life coach and I work primarily with um, gay men to help them uh, love themselves and and live in confidence. And um, and I think that that character in that movie all these years later to get to to get to speak about that means something to people who connected with it back then and who connect right. to what I'm doing now. So um, it, it serves a purpose for me now. And it also just, uh, yeah, it just, it's, it's definitely changed over the years, but I did have a hard time for a little while. <laughs> Listen, you know, all, all the research wow. of coming, of coming out talks about that the first person you come out to is yourself. Yeah. So if you're not comfortable coming out to yourself, Regardless all, of what, yeah, all the world is calling you the gay kid from school and bank. It's yeah, exactly. And you're like, <laughs> who me? What are you talking about? Right? No. And, and back really, then, gay was yeah. an insult. But, right. You know. Yeah. So, Which um, I'm so surprised because New Jersey seems so woke. It's the tri-state area. I figure like everybody's just like, yo, you're not gay. What's wrong with you? you know? <laughs> no, but it was 2000. You know, if you think about it, there was Will and Grace. There was Ellen, and then there was like. Little kid me. Right. <laughs> there right. wasn't there wasn't like a lot of representation. It's a good point. But I think now that that movie is going to live forever on your phone, on your iPad, on this everywhere in 30 years, that that movie is still going to be around. People are still and discovering it. People that didn't young kids like Gen Z now is like rediscovering it. So you're yeah. you're you're going to continue to be everybody's discovery like this is. I mean, it's something you're going to have to like really. Well, Jack oh, Black just, just come to grips chills. with. <laughs> Jack Black just did an interview and said that was his favorite movie to do. And, you know, he's done a lot of movies and that is his favorite. And I, I agree. I mean, it was such a great movie. Everything yeah. about it. There wasn't one thing that you would change about that movie. And you were a part of it. I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very appreciative. Also, Jack is just the most phenomenal human ever. He's been so supportive these past these past several days um, after the loss of Kevin, um, and he's just over. He's kept in contact with all of us over the years. He was one of the funders of my music video, and so I just want to <gasps> give him a shout out for being just like an awesome, awesome human. Wow, that's yeah. amazing! All these years later, I love yeah. love the fact that he still has a relationship with you because you would think like. I don't know. I just, you know, from I worked on a, a couple of television sets in my day and I have a couple of people that I still kind of keep in touch with, like if I remember to on their birthday, but um, not the bonding experience that you guys had. And I wonder if it was just a special environment or maybe your age maybe because you guys were all young experiencing this adult lifestyle for the first time, because it's very adult to have to yeah. be in, you know, you got to show up on time. You like know 10 your hour work days. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I remember, I remember I got mono because <laughs> a kid isn't, <laughs> oh, no. a kid isn't supposed to be worked that hard. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, um, it, I think it speaks to the experience that we, that, that we, that we are all in touch the way that we are. And I think that actually probably translates to the impact it's had. You know, I think that the amount of fun and the amount we connected the amount of fun we, fun we had and the amount we connected on set, um, I think be, because of how authentic and real that was, and then it like translated to the actual product. Um, that's probably part of why it's such a 
such a thing, you know? Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so tell me about being a, a so is it you're a life coach, but you're a gay life coach. So is it gay because you're gay or gay because you only have gay <laughs> clients? Like why gay life coach and not just life coach? Girl, you know about niche marketing. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's, a good point. that's a very good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Right. Why can't uh, it just be clever. life coach? <laughs> yeah. Very clever. yeah, everyone's a life coach, gay life coach. Do you I don't know. know how yeah, do you know how many uh, queer or LGBTQ or gay coaches are jealous that I, I managed to snatch the handle <laughs> the gay life coach on Instagram? I'm sure. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I work with a ton of clients uh, from all different walks of life. I do work with primarily LGBTQ IA plus folks, actually a lot of youth these days, too, I'm working with, um, which is so fulfilling for me. Um but yeah, I think that people just connect with that aspect of my story and that's sort of how they find me. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, coaching isn't about me. It's about the client and it's it's a, it's a very crafted process of me meeting someone where they're at and knowing how to help them find their own answers, which really has nothing to do with me or my story. So it's a, right. it's a really, um, uh, it's so funny because I feel like in order to sell myself as a coach, it has to do so much talking about my story, so much being the gay life coach, blah, 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 blah. And then when we get into the room and actually like all that gets left at the door, you know? Right. And uh, well, so what what kinds of things? I mean, obviously, I don't want you to tell me specifics about specific clients, but <laughs> well, just Joe, give me- <laughs> has a, uh, you know, what's going on with Joe? Why? Why, why is he and, seeing you? And- <laughs> Um, but, well, like what? So what kind of thing? I'm just kind of curious. Um, so when I, just to take it back, so this is why I'm asking you. Um, so when I was getting my graduate degree, I was doing um, identity modeling and I studied gay identity modeling. Oh, and cool. I thought it was really interesting, um, the different stages that people go through when they come out and they discover their own homosexuality, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, different based on ethnicity, different based on mm. age, different based on, you know. What stage am I in? I don't. Oh, okay. You don't know. It seems like you're fully actualized. It seems like you are just like embracing who you are, you know, and, and, um, okay, great. Good. To know. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And, you know, and my favorite thing is, you know, Dan Savage talks about this a lot and he says, mm. and I don't know if you give this advice. I love this advice. He says, you know, when you come out to a family who's like conservative and not that into it, you should give them a year to freak out, ask you stupid questions. And then when that year is up, accept it or we're mm. done. Right. I, uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, one of my advice with, uh, with coming out often is, uh, focus on what you can control. Cause so much of the fear is about the things that you can't control the reaction, the, the, whether people are going to like it or accept it or not, but, um, actually how do you want to come out? Um, what will you tolerate after you come out? How will you take care of yourself after you Mm -hmm. come out? Things that are in your control, you know, um, rather than focusing on the what ifs of the other person. Right. Oh, that's really good advice. You're good. I love that. <laughs> Recording I in love progress. Um, and uh, so what else? What? Because I th- feel like it's really kind of cool that it's, um, you know, Pride Month, I just realized. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's really awesome that you're doing this in general. But so if people are watching like or listening, what advice do you have for them if they are first coming out to themselves, whether it's, you know, as, you know, gender neutral or you know, asexual or pansexual yeah. or whatever, whatever their identity is forming. Um, what's the first step somebody should take to kind of figure it out? And then who should they communicate with first? Yeah, I think, I think uh, one of the things I didn't know growing up is that there are actually a ton of resources, especially these days. There's uh, whether you're just 
getting your resources through representation or reaching out to an organization like the Trevor Project, or maybe working with a life coach or going to a therapist or finding a supportive friend or a counselor. Um, I think once you start um, creating a tangible conversation about what's going on inside your head, it makes it all a little bit more real, sort of like the way that I sort of discovered aspects of my voice by songwriting. As soon as I said it to a lyric, I was like, oh, this is like a real thing that I'm feeling and I'm going to share this with someone else. And it's like no longer just something that's eating away inside of me. Um, And then if you don't have someone, there's other ways to do that. There's like you can journal uh, and like put it onto paper. Um, And then it's not just circulating in your brain anymore. Right. And it's not just like this thing that is, again, eating away at you. Um, And then I think if I'm just going to add a little bit of advice to that is that there is that my advice doesn't matter. (laughs) No one's (laughs) advice matters. It's like, there's no, there's no right or wrong. I think that's one of the big things people trip on is once you're out of the closet, how am I supposed to show up as a gay man in the world? Right. Or how am I supposed to show up as this and this in the world? Right. It's, Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I think a lot of people are afraid that they're going to maybe like, give themselves the wrong label and then they can't ever change that or they'll get stuck in something or Mm -hmm. like, um, and that's not true. I mean, it's your, every single, one of my mantras that I wake up to that I have written on a post-it is that there's no right way to do today. It's never Mm -hmm. happened before. So I think that that also applies to every single step of your queer journey. You know, uh, it's, it's constantly up for interpretation. That's really brilliant. Cause that's not just for, if you're gay, it's also if you're depressed, you're going through a hard time or I never thought about like the pressure we put on ourselves to what we have to do today and how we have to have our day and who we have to be today. Yeah. And I, I love that mantra. I'm totally putting that needlepoint. I don't even know how to do needlepoint, but I'm going to learn. Yeah, you can put um, on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll start with the T-shirt first. Yeah, it's much easier. Yeah, so much of my work is based in mindfulness, which is just that idea of stepping back. And like, for example, you mentioned someone with who's depressed, right? Um, the person who's depressed is not a depressed person. It's a person who is aware that they're depressed. So just by the very fact that they're aware of the fact that they're depressed means Mm. that they are the awareness of the depression and not the depression, which means that they officially have my mind. I got to go. You're so good at this. I got to lay down (laughs) after that one. one. (laughs) They, They officially that officially creates an immediate distance between them and this thing that is this problem in their life. Right. So it's um, and it's not to say that depression isn't real and it's not something that needs to be dealt with. It just means that it's um, it's not the totality of who you are. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Even though in the moment it does feel like it. Right. Um, How much how much longer after uh, School of Rock did you come out? I didn't come out to my senior year of college, which is coincidentally <gasps> the time I started interning at PLJ. Really? I didn't realize that. My, so wait a second. So prior to that, were you, did you not acknowledge it to yourself or were you secretly dating boys, but not telling anybody? Like, no, I was in so much denial. So it was just, think about it. I mean, when I was in the, fifth grade this movie came out and I got called gay and then someone told me that that's not cool so I just was like oh okay I'm not gay and then that message came to me so often that my denial had to come so often and so I was denying it before I even got notion of the idea of what it was so by the time I realized I was potentially gay I was already homophobic towards myself essentially and so um yeah and so I and then 
in college, I met a ton of like gay people, you know, and I was like, this is awesome. And they're great, but it still wasn't an option for me. You know, like I was so far in denial that like, which I think the, I think that's one of the reasons I got into life coaching in my older age a little bit too, is because like, um, it's just so fascinating to me how the mind works and how it, it locks into these different conditioning and like behavior patterns, just because of one thing you told yourself, right. you know, 14 years ago, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's really crazy. Well, no, but not just, not, it's not just 14 years ago. It's during a time that your brain was still developing. Right. And the things you told yourself really matter because that's your brain is forming and your identity is forming. And those are the years that it's happening. So what you're telling yourself during that time sticks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to this, even there's moments every day where I, I doubt myself, I question myself. And that's because of things I told myself when I was younger. Right. So mm -hmm. it's a matter of. Did, oh, honey, that's all of us. Yeah, 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 right. Were you dating anybody in high school and college? No. Um, I had a couple, I mean, I guess if we're going to go there, I had a couple of experiences in, <laughs> in college that were just, um, were just kind of like, you know, a drunk girl at a college party who, who kisses like a girl. And then she's mm -hmm. like, Oh, I was just fooling around. It, it was just, it was just categorized enough where I was like, well, that doesn't mean I'm gay. You know, right. it was enough to, <laughs> it was enough still to avoid the label, you know? Um, Wait, and then I, I kissed more gay men than you did in college. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> and then I, and then senior year, I fell in love with um, a guy who also worked at PLJ. Ooh. <laughs> and um what's and... it scott <laughs> <laughs> is that why he left <laughs> did you scare and... scott away <laughs> and i was just so so in love with him that we came Wait, out was, together. was the was he out no we came out together oh so he also wasn't out mm -hmm. oh who was it <laughs> this is not the place for that Cooper. Oh, okay. <laughs> good point yeah okay when i see you privately you'll <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so great. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice that you guys had that experience together. You know, that's yeah. that's and no, I think that's important because I think it's tough when um, somebody else has been out their entire lives. Like, I mean, you know, most of most of my friends are like I have a couple of friends that went through that, like they pretended to like women. And I've, I have one friend that was even like dating a woman for a long time before he, he was finally like, I, I'm not into this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's hard when somebody is known who they are their whole lives and they're with somebody that is just finally, you know, it's a different level. So it's nice that the two of you are kind of like at the same time being like, I think I'm gay. Me too. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was actually, yeah. I mean, if we're giving all the information, it was a, um, it was actually on a, a PLJ um, promotions appearance that we sort of like confessed I that we liked it liked each other and I <laughs> love <know>? him <laughs> I know who it is and I love him oh my god I'm so happy to hear I'm so happy because I I was always like I, I hope he finds somebody and I guess he did <laughs> well not we're not together anymore but I'm but I mean even at the time you know even at the time <laughs> bring up Listen. that wound thanks Cooper <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well also I, you were you were young I mean look I'm not with the first person I was with either oh so, right yeah you know. we were I'm not I'm not even with the 20th person yeah. I was with that person isn't even alive anymore <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I don't want to speak for him but I was so lost I had no idea who the hell I was and the relationship was very much just the finding each other in the other person and right. That never lasts very long. I feel like it was not too, right. in my opinion, it was not too like um, 
sustainable individuals working to make a sustainable relationship. It was very like, um, you know, we we were finding each other together. It was very, right. you know what I mean? Right. But you were also super young. So I think that's right. Exactly. Even, yeah. even if you've been out since you were five, I mean, at that age, I don't expect you to, you know, it's rare that you'd still be with that person sure. all these years yeah. later. That that would just be weird. Yeah. 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 No, that's pretty cool. Um, so there's something in the news today that I, I wanted to ask you about because just it's sort of like one of those life coach kind of questions. And I just, you know, and also it's very like your generation. So do you think that when you say to somebody who just lost a lot of weight, oh, my God, you look amazing. Is that fat phobic? That's so funny that you say that. Um, I just had a show Sunday night and after the show, someone told me you lost so much weight and I've actually tra- I'm trying to change myself to train myself to stop saying thank you to that because I don't, um, I don't know. I don't know the answer like on a cultural standpoint, if that's fat phobic, I don't, I don't think I follow the trends enough to know what, where we're at with that. But I personally um, think that so much of body image is learned um, through societal norms and like things that were taught um, over the years. And it's literally just stuff that was invented to sell stuff. It's not real. It's, it's just a definition of beauty that was, um, that was manufactured basically to make people feel bad about themselves so that they right. would invest in products, um, or services. And so it's, it worked, it worked because we still do. It. I mean, hmm. like I think about like a good example is that like you look at Lizzo and Lizzo's like, I look like this. And I mean, yeah. her, her Instagram handle handle is Lizzo be eaten. So, I mean, she's embracing like, this is my size. This is what I look like. And, you know, screw you all. And she and people that, you know, all her haters, she's just like, oh, yes, I'm so sad in my multimillion dollar house, (laughs) you know. And but then but then you get like um, Rebel Wilson, who just lost 60 pounds and Adele, who lost all this weight. Everyone's like, oh, my God, they look amazing. Have you seen them? It's like, wait a second. I thought we're embracing Lizzo. And then we're also praising Rebel Wilson and Adele. So which is it? Like, yeah, well, I I think that's where it becomes confusing. And that's why today the conversation is it's fat phobic to say to somebody, oh, you lost a lot of weight. You look great. Yeah. It was an awkward moment when that guy said that to me because I was I just kind of looked back at him and I was like, I smiled. (laughs) I was just like, because I'm trying not to say thank you. And I guess I haven't I haven't figured out what I'll say in place of thank you. You know, (laughs) so it's like, um, uh, yeah, it is very. It's, and like the science supports the Lizzo argument even more than it does the the Adele Rebel Wilson argument, like to an extent, like there these the like the BMI, for example, is completely made up. It's not actually based in science. And there's people who are rated as overweight on the BMI scale often live longer, healthier lives than those that are of um, the 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 standards that the BMI sets, right? So it's all just, it's not even based in science. It's very frustrating mm. really. And so at this point, I do agree with a standpoint like Lizzo where it's like your body is your body. Like what if when you came, what if your body was just as beautiful as the day when you like came out of the womb and everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful and nothing ever changed, you know? Like what right. if, what like if- my, that- Like my, my original weight of six pounds, four ounces. Like what if I got down to that, <laughs> mm-hmm. my original weight? <laughs> you no, but like, nothing, nothing's changed. <laughs> nothing's changed about who we are from that moment of birth till now, other than what we've been taught we should be. You know what I mean? Right. 
No, yes. no a lot has changed. 64 bags <laughs> of Twinkies has, <laughs> has changed from the time I was born in, in, until now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, and uh, I'm glad you said what you said about the, the BMI thing, because the pandemic has not been kind to my ass. So I'm really happy to hear you say that about the BMI. <laughs> I, I can't see your ass, but I'm sure it's fantastic, Cooper. <laughs> well, thank you. No, it, it's, a lo- it's a lot lower than the last time you saw yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Anthony. A <laughs> True. <laughs> so um, tell us a little about um, before we let you go, tell us about this film that you have at the LGBTQ plus film festival in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to people are not going to coach with me. I, uh, <laughs> why? This is, why? I had another terrible breakup experience <laughs> where I uh, basically uh, as a therapeutic way of attempting to get over that. I sort of just wrote I wrote down sort of our breakup moment into a scene. Um, primarily just for my acting class to to work on because I had always wanted to like attempt writing my own material uh-huh. and then um, I don't know everyone was cla- in class was like this is great you should like record this and I was like oh okay um, <laughs> I was like thanks more work um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, so I did I recorded it and I was just like I'll submit it some places and yeah we just won me and my co actor just won both won best performance awards for uh the film and um we're i'm currently in talks with some streaming companies to see oh if God. um if it can go on there so it's very exciting it was uh but yeah it's a film called nosebleed it's literally just a, a scene essentially it's a breakup scene it's a short film um but um yeah i was really happy with the feedback congratulations that's amazing i think you should spin it like i don't tolerate relationships that i'm not happy in if the relationship doesn't work and it's toxic i'm good at getting out of it like i think that's the be- that's the bigger message you know instead of being like uh, another breakup no i think breakups are good things because right. if if you stay in a bad relationship then i would be concerned about mm. you you know, that's so the, true. Yeah. yeah. The fact that, you know, to move on and, and you know, Anthony teases me all the time because I've been through so many relationships, but it's mostly because a I've lot. been a lot, <laughs> but a I've lot. been through some I've been through some <laughs> bad ones and I was I was, you know, I knew to get out of them. So, yeah, no, I mean, I learned every bit of healthy relationship that I have with myself has 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 been learned from those terrible relationships with other people, you know? Yeah. So it's it's um they, they caused me to sort of like question, like, what am I tolerating? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Brian, thank you so much for doing our show. I love talking to you. I love seeing you again. I can't believe how long it's been. Um, Put me on another group text so that way you and I can stay in touch. (laughs) A a PLJ one. A PLJ group text, but leave (laughs) off the person that you know that I don't want to talk to. Okay, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, everybody check out uh, Brian at Brian Faldudo and at the Gay Life Coach on Instagram. Those are the best places to get in touch with him because that's where I got in touch with him. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. It was nice to meet you, Anthony. It was so wonderful to see you. Good to meet you. you.